0: Oh
1: Tell me a good book that you're in terms of religion at the minute or theology. Or are you reading any in relation to that? Oh Did I lose you?
0: No, that's that was my thinking sound. <laughs> that was that was the gate of my memory banks opening i and i was trying to think of that book that i've picked up uh i'm really not i i've picked up a time or two that book on christ the the tarot cards and yes. christianity uh but it's it's a i mean it's a long read it's i look at something like that and how, how do you ring seventy pages on one card from the tarot deck? Is pretty amazing. So is it
1: the one that? Um...
0: Yeah, Balthazar wrote the forward to or oh, afterward. Yes. Afterward, yeah,
1: that's right. Ah, oh, you need to read that and tell me about it.
0: <laughs> Give me a close notes version of it. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. So I've I've kind of started that, and I am reading some ghost stories for fun.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: But I, that's I'm, I'm going to say I'm
1: influencing you into all things I'm creepy. I'm sure you
0: are. All things <laughs> creepy. Robert Aikman is I don't this know. guy. Uh, he's written, he called them strange stories. It's a great title for the collection. It's called Cold Hand in Mine.
1: Ooh, that's creepy, isn't
0: it? Cold Hand is. in Mine. Yeah.
1: I love it. Is it older or is it? Like a- yes,
0: 1950s, 60s.
1: Okay. So he not- was
0: British. He actually, the other thing he did besides write stories is he preserved the waterways in in England. He helped to keep those where the houseboats are. Like you oh, can yeah, like people, canals. Those canals and everything, like he preserved those
1: hmm.
0: as sort of like a national trust type thing so they wouldn't just disappear. Wow.
1: Way to go. Because and just, I know, just write ghost I know. stories. In the, in the and down. then ghost stories I'm...
0: on the side. Yeah. Yeah. So he's vocational part, perhaps, although I guess the waterways didn't pay. No, probably. Uh, what about you? What are you reading?
1: I have to say, uh, as a plug, we're going to be doing, I think I talked to um, our other colleague and I was like, I want to do something really scary for Halloween. Um, Like, people at Pfeiffer, where we work, they do sort of, like, Mm -hmm. themed things on occasion. Um, Mm -hmm. And I was like, what if we did, like, a theology of ghosts?
0: Oh.
1: I know. Like, not the Holy Ghost, although we could, you know, we could go there if people wanted to. Mm -hmm. But, like, the actual sort of, like, what sort of stuff have people said? And he was talking about. Maybe doing something about what it says in the text because he's our our other colleague is a biblical scholar.
0: Oh, uh, or the text.
1: The text, you know, I don't touch the text, of course. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, Far too limiting. Oh gosh, it stresses me out. <laughs> <laughs> all those words, all that Greek and Hebrew, it's so stressful. Um, but yeah, so I'm gonna yeah, so anyway, theology of ghosts. What, what, Theology of ghosts. We're so scared of them. But, you know, what do people actually, what have they So would
0: this be an event, like an evening event you're saying? Or well, no, just
1: something for the students. I'll probably dress up as something strange. Um, you so know. it would be
0: normal day is what you're saying.
1: <laughs> oh. Oh. I might brush my burn. hair if they're lucky. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, this idea of, I think, I think there's a really interesting sort of, Like, I don't, I probably won't ever write about it, but like, there's a really interesting idea of like, we're so, like, there's a, I feel like there's a part of a lot of people that think it's surreal, but what does that say about who, what we think in terms of like spirits and souls, you know, like, do we Mm -hmm. really think that like they're hanging around because that's, what does that say about our theology, you know? Right, right. Um... It's interesting because, you know, you always hear in the South, especially like, oh, I I felt, I felt, you know, so-and-so with me and, you know, I feel they're right beside me. And it's like, and sometimes I feel their presence and, you know, that kind of thing. Like it's a very common sort of thing for religious people to say. But like, what does that actually mean? You know, like if you dig into that, like, do we really think they're here and hanging around? Like,
0: right. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think that would be really interesting because you get, well, one level you're getting the folk religion, which is I yeah. think pretty omnipresent. But you know, these these the, you get the evil eye in Italy, and you get sort of ideas of witches and I guess Europe and England. But this idea of of, um, of sort of folk religion, superstition, uh, don't break a mirror, don't walk under a ladder, kind yeah. of stuff that I think is present everywhere in all times. But then the Bible you get, um, there is the ghost of S- Samuel, right? That Saul raises uh-huh. from the dead. So that's the one ghost story I can think of. You do get demon sort of spirits yeah. in the New Testament. And then I didn't realize really till recently that the Bible does name a few angels. I mean, I guess I knew it, but I never thought about it because I didn't really grow up with angels. <laughs> so this idea of thinking, you know, in the Catholic Church, it's or Catholic Anglican, like Michael is a saint and yeah. he's an angel, and it's like, but yeah. how? Like, I, I would be curious to hear how they explain an angel became a saint. Yeah, like that because there's that whole process to become I've a like saint, like, or is that just tradition? And all that. Yeah, yeah, maybe it's the miracle bit, but you're you're getting angels named in the New Testament. And then I guess they get feast days and saint days and the some church traditions. So I think all of that would be really fascinating. But you don't get you don't get any demons, do you, in the old testament or idea of possession or anything?
1: No, not that I well, Nothing I mean again we need mind. we need our we need our third our third person. We need the third person of the Trinity over here. Right, to,
0: right. What's his to name? To tell
1: us about what's his name? <laughs> to tell us about that. Well you can do the angels, but you can talk all about you can dress up as an angel. I do every day. And then, mm-hmm. and then uh, you can you can do your your theology of angels. But I just yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. Because <laughs> do your thing.
0: You got ten minutes.
1: Do your thing. Don't don't take my spotlight, but do your thing.
0: I'm going. Do your thing. Do your little thing about whatever. And then um, ring the bell, and I'll come in. Says Leah from the side, stage left. <laughs>
1: da da
0: <laughs> Riding a broom. Look, no wires. Do the hoop thing like the magician. No wires.
1: All the the students will be like, we knew it. We
0: knew it. We knew
1: it. Um, what am I reading? I'm reading two books on religion at the minute. Um, and they're both kind of like, well, they're both fun, I guess. But um, One's called Good and Bad Religion. And mm-hmm. it's by someone called Peter Vardy. Um and Did it's... you say Fardy? Yes. No, I didn't no I did not. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Peter, if you're listening. <laughs> you can you can dedicate your, your next book to Dr. Kevin Taylor. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um oh, Vardy. Vardy. Okay. Um and so it's this idea of how we sometimes label religions as good and bad and how that works, like uh uh-huh. um, and how religions have been labeled as good and bad throughout history and like also like what do we deem as being like good and bad religions. Right. Um and who gets to decide that and all that kind of thing and it's and he is very emphatic that he's not saying like that there is an objective good and bad but it's mostly just like how religions have in many ways kind of fallen in and out of favor in certain parts of the world at certain times basically mm-hmm. like That's from interesting. a media perspective and from a community perspective and things like that
0: teaching church history that I think that's one thing I see with the students is they kind of grew up in a Christian America for the most part, whether they're Christian or not, or go to church, like it's sort of, you know, in the culture and the atmosphere. And so it's weird to them to learn how, you know, Christianity wasn't liked in the early Roman empire. And then it sort of like it, the idea that it came from somewhere and evolved Mm -hmm. because there's something in us. We just assume the world's always been as it is. And so they probably think 2,000 years ago that even in Jesus' day, everyone kind of acted the way we think Christians did today, even before there was Christianity. I mean, obviously, if you ask them, they would acknowledge that can't be right. But I think the idea is still in the back of their head that, you know, who would ever persecute Christians because they found it a weird religion, unless you're just mean. You know, and so the idea that the early Romans didn't like it and or some of them, but then it took over and then it spread. And, you know, I don't know. It's sort of interesting to see the the light bulbs, you know, for some um, rethinking that. Yeah. So, yeah, totally. Like, right. Christianity used to be bad and then it became good and then Mm -hmm. it treated others bad.
1: Yeah. And the interesting thing is, is how who is sort of, you know, one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter sort of thing is like how sure. do you how do you decide that because I'm trying to write <laughs> trying to write um, um, a, a new text um, on this idea of sort of oppressive I don't use the word bad because it's kind of subjective and scary bad is but, bad. Bad as bad yeah, bad as bad as bad, but oppressive theology and theological mm-hmm. and specifically in practical theology, so I've been looking at books that sort of relate to this idea of, yeah, how do we say something is oppressive and is it oppressive objectively? Mm-hmm. you know, like it we say, like, for instance, theology was used as oppression in relation to slavery, like people use biblical texts to justify the sort of racial hierarchy. Like, so we can mm-hmm. see that as being objectively, hopefully oppressive. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but that's not always the case in, in other areas. So it's, it's sort of a delicate thing uh, to look at. So I was just trying to look and see how other people had like gone about writing about basically when, religions behave poorly you know right in whatever way that might mean yeah it
0: strikes me um and that that i think is going to be super interesting um and and the kind of thing that is is makes a lot of sense even if um like people haven't thought about it before once once you start walking through that it's like well yeah of course which is usually the sign of a good you know argument or ideas that it it's almost self-justifying how religion can go
1: yeah and how it
0: can go wrong so
1: yeah absolutely and i think the the problem that i'm finding with with it at the minute is trying to find instances where i can use examples that don't come off as just completely biased you know because if i'm saying something is oppressive or even when this particular author is talking about good and bad religion quote unquote like how do you not just come off as being you know one-sided like you know slavery we can now look back upon and say is a terrible evil mm-hmm. but some things we're not there yet you know we can't we're not far enough in, in the future to look back and see things as being that way so it's it's it's, not, it's sort of tough to find examples where a general readership would be like, yeah, that's actually totally a bad example of theology, <laughs> you know, oppressive theology. Hmm. I mean, you could say like Hitler and, mm-hmm. you know, because Hitler's very, you know, I was looking at some of his speeches for a class that I teach and are are weirdly theological.
0: Huh. That yeah. is strange.
1: It is strange, and so you think you know that you can we can you know all look and see that that was you know again a terrible evil uh to use theology in that way um, but it's fine you know finding more examples where it where it doesn't just sound like I'm some lefty hippie and right. that i I'm only speaking to my my right, bubble, right
0: basically, right, looking for that sensitivity that makes sense,
1: yeah
0: well, so well, and 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 there's a violence in some religion, you know this comes up with students, they want to study the the cults, and uh-huh. that's what and then that takes us back to spe- spectacle because that is sort of like a well, you know what happened and how bad is it there There are religions where people are kind of brainwashed or you know uh, money is taken from them,. You know, Scientology is sort of famous for you, you kind of pay to play from what, from what, yeah, I guess okay. recent reports are saying you type things. Um, but then Christianity has had that too. Um, it's just been much more subtle, like in, in instances, but also larger movements of, of um, indulgences and various things. So it, yeah, it, it's, it's, it seems like to me, theology makes it a much more subtle oppression versus yeah, you know right. it's not so much locking people in a room and attempting to brainwash them although that's happened but i think the larger scope of christian history it's not worked that way but it has certainly worked in s- forms of mind control and one well,
1: and, and power and, culture, and, and, and power. the use and the use of powerful people saying this is what god says mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> right or if Or maybe I never say that God is male, but if I keep saying he and the father, then there's a clear message there, even if I maybe didn't directly intend it. Like you're you're kind of there's a subtle brainwashing going on there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think the the point that Peter Vardy makes Mm. (laughs) is that um part of the the way that it's difficult to talk about this is that oftentimes religions, and when we say they're being oppressive, we're operating within their own framework. You know, that they they, they they were thinking that what they were doing was, in fact, you know, not a, not oppressive, but from God. Mm-hmm. And so that makes it um, more difficult as well. It's going to be difficult. <laughs> but... I do think, I mean, there's another book uh, called God With Us um, that's just come out. And it's about this idea of, um, it's, it's a, I think it's someone's, it's by Ansley uh, Licorius, but I think it's their dissertation. It reads sort of like a dissertation, but it's this idea of the way that theology was used. Um, and they use the case study of Americus. Georgia, where there was this sort of uh, wonderful, um, you know, multiracial sort of, uh, I don't want to say commune, because that limits it, but like community, basically, that was living there um, in the, like, 40s to the 70s. And it was great, and they based it on theology, and it was prosperous, and it was wonderful. And then you also have one of the sort of hotbeds of the KKK. And they're also hmm. using theology. And so he, this person uh, talks about, uh, this author talks about the idea that these two theologies were both from Christianity. They were operating at the same time in the exact same town with two very, very different ends. And like, what do you do with that sort of thing?
0: Yes. Yes. Uh, there's a quote um... Is it, it was a Hindu missionary kind of to America. Uh, R- Yogananda or it might have been the guy before him, Vivekananda, One of it's a, it's a chapter in a book. And, yeah. and But anyway, he has a great line where he says, nothing is as tender as religion. Nothing is as violent as religion.
1: Ooh, you need to send it's, it's me great, that.
0: Yeah, it's a great um, summary of, of how religion can be such a force for good, but it can be also a force for oppression. So, um, yeah, and it's probably a bit exaggerated because probably love is as is, is powerful a force as religion in terms of, although maybe, you know, maybe love is not on such a, you know, whereas love is a basis for violence. It's usually mm-hmm. between individuals. It's not social. So maybe he's partly getting it, even though love is this reason that people kill each other, jealousy and things and, you know, Yeah,
1: and I mean the thing that gets brought up in that text—the good and bad religion—is that a lot of these things that we considered oppressive were done out of a love for God. Mm -hmm. You know, um, uh, you know, you think about um, some terrorist activities, both, let's say, Christian Islam. You know, across the board, we have (laughs) many groups do terrorism. those people who do those acts oftentimes will say it was for a love of God. You know, they, I mean, that's why they're doing it. And yet these are incredibly violent acts. So like, it's a weird thing, I think I'm going to have a chapter on devotion and what that, you know, that sort of idea that devotion can be again, a use for extreme positivity and also extreme oppression
0: Um. Yeah. And it seems like the apocalyptic is part of that too, that, that apocalypse and apocalyptic thinking is a powerful reason to change for good, but also change for evil. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that kind of thinking and and that devotion to the end times means people may share all their goods in common, like in the book of Acts, but yeah, it's also when the aliens are coming and you need to give (laughs) all your money to the leader.
1: (laughs) Gosh, there's a Netflix oh. thing. Have you seen that documentary, The Children of God?
0: I have not. I've seen the cover pop up. Oof. Oof. It's a good one.
1: We'll talk. Well, you, you can watch it and we can <laughs> speaking of bad theology,
0: we can talk about it. And and but my question <laughs> is, why do people fall for it? And and that's and and there's something in the human psyche that makes it so vulnerable. And and it makes me think of. How there's these accounts of, of you know, very educated, rational people that when those scammers get them on the phone mm. and tell them we're from the IRS and you need to go buy his iTunes gift cards, there was some <laughs> pastor in Charlotte of like one of the big churches. So he you know he had a he had a master's degree and he fell for it because it's kind of it's kind of like the casino that they they know how to to push your button.
1: Oh yeah, right. Well, they know
0: how to make you weak, and so there's something in that that I think so many of these people with the these these really oppressive cults, like if you could explain to them beforehand everything, they would have been they would have said, "Oh no, that's crazy." But somehow, once you get into the group, you're kind of I don't know, it's it's weird. Well, well, that's how they manipulate you.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And you watch it, and you're just like, "Gosh, how did they ever?" I think that one's especially good because it it has a family who've you know escaped in some ways, but it took a really really long time and a long series of terrible things for them to leave, for the mother to leave, mm-hmm. and with her seven children that she had, uh-huh. and the thing is, you can see the mother being interviewed and. I was watching it and I was, I was thinking the same thing. Like, how is it possible? And she is aware of that. You know, Mm -hmm. the interviewer keeps saying like, did you not think of this? Did you not see this? And you can tell she's a little embarrassed. Like she knows that she should have seen it, but she just really didn't. And I think that's the thing is that, yeah, you look at people like the Manson family and all of that, Um, who he was praying on vulnerable women, you know, who, who needed a family structure, who were kicked out of their house or, you know, ostracized for various reasons. But some of these cults, I think, just pick up people who are looking for something, you know, they're looking for something and that apocalyptic vision to them is intoxicating. You know, the idea in that cold, it was 1993. That's when Jesus was coming back. <laughs> very,
0: very so this specific. is a doc. That's right. You said a documentary. Yeah. Yeah. Wow.
1: Um, and, you know, Jim Jones, I remember he was, he basically was just promoting like feminism and racial equality and his church was really popular and was very socially minded. And then things didn't go so well after that so i don't know it's uh, so did he
0: change then jim jones changed or he changed the church or
1: well he i i I mean you would i i don't know his psychology however i mean he was an ordained minister in my denomination Mm -hmm. as she says embarrassingly Mm um and had like a, a a pretty upstanding church but from my understanding and I'm not an expert on it is that he started um, asking people to kind of will property to him and like in his congregation and there was some weird stuff uh, going on in terms of I think women in the congregation and I think if I'm not wrong that he was about to get investigated for like taxes or something and that's when he takes this whole group down to Guyana and they okay. set up Jonestown so he was really escaping like perse- not persecution <laughs> definitely not persecution he was, he was facing justice basically um uh, and so he he went and I think I think it just became a really power ego situation where once they were isolated from their families, he could kind of do what he wanted.
0: So, so one one way to read that whole story of his you're saying is that it was more of a story of a corruption than his. You're saying in part, he's, he, he did not. Is he, he changed over time, I guess is what I'm yeah,
1: saying. Yeah, or maybe he was the, that way the whole time. And, and it was just he got caught basically mm-hmm. he had a series of getting caught moments and I think he was I think he was just a con man if I'm honest okay and the idea and again this goes back to the topic we were talking about before the idea that the con men can't be pastors of churches mm-hmm. to us is or to even have got I mean he got through the ordination process
0: mm-hmm.
1: so I think it's one of these things where we we think that can't possibly happen but i mean i think that's 100% what he was right
0: um, well the truth is anybody can be a con man or manipulative there there are people in nursing homes right now that are elderly that look sweet and they they too <laughs> are able to pick up on who's vulnerable and manipulate people i mean these things happen you know among all sorts of people that you you would you know yeah like so like you're saying it, it the, I guess what strikes me is that some people have a radar for knowing who they can manipulate. right? Oh, and that's the weird yeah. bit. And it, and it, they could be young or old or, you know, they, they, they could be pastors or not, but
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. There's certain people that are, that, that know how to manipulate others and it's not going to work on everybody, but that's the weird bit to me. Cause I don't think I have that radar.
1: I think I think I just wouldn't want to live with a whole bunch of people. So, <laughs> <laughs> people are always just like, Christian community. And I actually wrote my PhD on Christian community. And I was like, it's wonderful if you're of that persuasion. But I think I would be in like a cult for like a day and then someone would steal my toast or something. And I'd be like, I'm out, guys. <laughs> yeah so, like, here comes
0: allison without her deodorant again like oh <laughs> i'm done
1: i'm done I'm i could be world. in a cult
0: if and then in and a large family cult thing if i was if let's it was all a, on a computer a server and not a cult <laughs> a commune or a
1: community a christian community i could be
0: in a community if it was on a like a sims or a server like we were all a consciousness and i didn't have to deal with bodies does that makes sense.
1: Oh yeah, okay. like you could
0: just when I get irritable, you could just shut the program down. Like <laughs> give him ten hours. Like <laughs> so, stick our phone's an Android. <laughs>
1: stick him in the swimming pool without a without a ladder. Let's see
0: what happens. <laughs> it will be just like go around. <laughs> for a bit. Oh, that's what they did on The Sims. I forgot about that. I forgot about that. That's right. Or you couldn't you build a house and like get rid of the door or something, and it would yes. just kind of walk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 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 oh. oh. Or Why did could... she put the baby <laughs> on the
1: stove? <laughs> <laughs> I was the worst <sighs> at that. I was just like,
0: That's so funny. He came
1: over, gave me flowers, and I sent him to the pool and took away <laughs> the- <laughs> to
0: Thanks twist. for the flowers. <laughs>
1: it took away the the stairs
0: i want you to i want you to uh, swim in my piranha pool no no please
1: (laughs) the sad thing is is that they don't you don't die immediately in that like you literally have to you see them swimming around and (laughs) (laughs) like it would be different if you had like you have like a moral to, to make a moral choice to watch that person just swimming around in circles in a pool <laughs> and, then, and you did
0: make your choice, didn't you? I did. I did.
1: And then their little um, <laughs> headstones would appear in your backyard.
0: Oh my gosh!
1: I know. It's
0: brutal. We need Just, to meet the programmers for that. They're like, you know, it's a lot of effort to build a graves graveyard in your backyard. <laughs> yeah, but it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> this is the Leah subroutine.
1: <laughs> These are all the men who tried to court Leah and <laughs> failed. <laughs> You all know her favorite flowers or roses. What were you doing?
0: <laughs> and you need a leather jacket and yeah. a motorcycle. Vroom vroom. <laughs> uh, I just would like to be on there because then when people annoy me, they could just turn that off. That bit off in the pro either my annoyance awareness or their annoyance thing. Like you know the person with bo or bad breath. You know I just I wouldn't know anymore. I'd just switch it off. It'd be awesome.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I lived in certain. I lived in a community for a bit of time doing my research, and it was it was interesting, and it may it does make you better. It may mm-hmm. it makes you humble, and you have to sacrifice things. So I can see, and it is nice to have that group, but I mean, I think it's probably not for me. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm more of a my, my spiritual practice would be more of a <laughs> monastery style
0: my, my, in, the, in the desert. My spirit, my, <laughs> he said my spiritual.
1: My spiritual.
0: My spiritual.
1: We'll be going to the mountains. Mountains. <laughs> to the cabin.
0: Uh, I'm just making this moonshine for the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
1: there's a reason why I said monastery. They make wine uh
0: uh-huh,
1: uh-huh. and beer. So, yeah anywho yeah so but there's a whole list of sort of things and it's it's all the stuff that you talked about in terms of like the cults and it's a weirdly formulaic thing like separate people from their families mm-hmm. uh, isolate them take uh possessions and money so they don't have a way to like leave mm-hmm. practically you know say the world is against them and that
0: Kind of and flatter them, don't you there's often a weird ego stroking,
1: yeah, yeah, and well, that we've got it right, that's the whole thing. like the world mm-hmm. is wrong, and we've got it right, sort of thing. and I think those sort of that and have a really charismatic leader who's able to sometimes say they're like representatives of God, and then like I mean, it's it's a weird, weirdly common. Sort of formula, and I think it feeds, like, like I said, we've come full circle, it feeds into something in the human psyche that is, um, just that we desire for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's pretty, but it's also how you, and this is a whole nother thing, which we can get into some other time, but it's also like how you designate something as a cult, sure, because some of these like sociology folks have. Made certain criteria that are guidelines, not policy, mm. <laughs> and
0: mm. guidelines.
1: <laughs> guidelines, not policy, and but the guidelines, if you like, overlaid them onto certain religions would look
0: think, like policies. <laughs>
1: like policies. <laughs> <laughs> We're making jokes about um
0: about nothing. 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 So
1: <laughs> nothing. Absolutely nothing. So yeah, um. It's interesting. Mm. We, anyway, I think we've reached with our combined time, we've 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 chatted the gamut.
0: We have. We've done spectacle we've done and we've spe- done oppression. Yeah, so what am I gonna call this title?
1: We did tragedy.
0: We did tragedy. And memory. And memory.
1: We can just call it the cap cap
0: and also the, the sins. Yeah. The cast. No, the cat. The cat
1: because i have a cat on my lap at the minute who's straight making, making me so happy oh i know
0: and little beatrice here is asleep after she played with the the tinkerbell for a bit
1: she's is
0: as well, well uh, another great episode and remember yes. to like us on things <laughs> twitter <laughs> on theology. the twitter
1: theology is
0: theology is and uh Uh, This is Theology is Annoying, and I'm Kevin Taylor.
1: And I'm Leah Robinson. Bye.
0: Ciao.